the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Come on, say, turn it around. Open the windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing. Overflow. Turn it around. Open the windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing. We can't be what comes Welcome to Beyond the Veil, a ministry of Dayspring Chapel. Arise, shine, and excel. Located at 1628 High Park Ave in High Park, Massachusetts. As Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79 tells us, According to the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the path of peace. Now, let's listen in to today's message from Pastor David Oluwadara. Maybe the highest ruler or dignitary that you may know is a governor or a state rep or a president, but you no, know, the president has restrictions to their nation, right? This, this king, he, he's Lord over all. Amen. His glory fills the whole earth. So no matter what tongue you speak, no matter what language you speak, he's king over where you live, over where you are. Amen. And this is the vision, right? This is the vision that Isaiah sees. And what happens? What happens? Well, there's an earthquake. At the cry of their voice, there's an earthquake. It says that the, the door, the doorposts were shaken and the house was filled with smoke. But that's not the only thing that happens. Isaiah is also shaken. Isaiah is shaken up. He says, woe is me, for I am undone. I am ruined. I, I'm, I'm teased, terrified at the sight of what he's seeing at, at this king who is high and lifted up, who is, who, is, who is enthroned in the seraphim's praise. He's terrified at all that he's seeing, that the Lord is holy. He says, woe is me, I am undone. I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Why does he say this? It's simply because he says what? For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That's it. Isaiah, the prophet of God, the one who speaks on behalf of God, sees a vision of God, hears a proclamation of his holiness, and he's shaken to the core. He's messed up. He's ruined. Woe is me, because my eyes have seen the King. In the year that King eyes died, what? I saw the Lord. But even though he saw the Lord, he wasn't, he was still put together then. He was still intact then. It was at the moment that they cried, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, that he was shaken and that he actually saw clearly who this person is. So this magnificent person, this magnificent king who is high and exalted, Isaiah catches a glimpse of him and he's, he's just... He's messed up. He's, he's anxious. He's, he's frightened. He's terrified at the sight. I want us to draw attention to Isaiah's reaction. I want us to see that. I want us to observe that 
that this this note this 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 prophet, even though he's a prophet, he still he sees the king and he's still shaken to the core. It's because his eyes have seen the king. We see this happen, right? So let's pin this in your mind. We see this happen again in scripture, right? When you see ordinary people like you and I, people, human beings, and they experience God, they encounter God, they encounter his holiness. When we say that God is holy, what does that mean? We mean that God is, he's set apart. He, he's distinct. He's in a class by himself. There's nothing that you can use to compare to him because he's just so other. He's just so different. He's so set apart. In what sense? In his purity, in his excellence, in his morality. So if you were to, if you want to have a definition of the holiness of God, God's holiness is his transcendent purity, right? Transcendent. He's set apart. And when you and I, Human beings, okay, yes, you know, we may vary from, you know, from degree to degree because, okay, you know, one person may be a man and another person's a woman and, you know, one person may have one color of skin, another color of skin, one person may have one kind of skill set, another kind. We're all still relatively the same, right? But when we encounter somebody other, some, someone that is just not like us, we're going to see what happens. If we turn to Luke 8, 22 to 25, we see a similar story. Luke 8. This is a story that some of us know where the disciples get in a boat, right? It says, now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. Jesus talking to his disciples, right? Let's go. Let's, let's go over yonder. They launched out. They went. But as they sailed, he did what? Fell asleep. And the windstorm came down on the lake. And they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Imagine the scene, right? right? You're, Jesus has said, let's go somewhere. And you know, you expect no trouble because Jesus is with you. But in the same boat that you are with Jesus, in the same lake that you are with Jesus, there is a storm. And Jesus has the audacity to sleep, right? But you, as a person, as an ordinary man, you're shaken to the core by what's happening. And you wake him up in the, in the, in the frenzy. Master, we're perishing. And he rose. What happened? And he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased. And there was a calm. Just in an instant, he woke up, he rebuked the wind, and there was calm. But let's take note of verse 25. He said to them, where is your faith? And they were, what? Afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? These disciples encounter firsthand Jesus Christ, who seems like an ordinary man, just like them, flesh and blood, you know, someone who eats and goes to sleep, but he does something that they're completely unfamiliar with. He commands the attention of the winds and the waves, and the calm, and you would think that they would be calm, but 
They were just as struck to the core as they were during the storm. Who is this man? They're afraid that even the winds and the waves obey him. They're confronted with the, the nature of Jesus. This is, this is Jesus in his holiness. He's, he's, not like, he's not like the disciples. Even though he appears like them, you know, he's a man, he has sandals, he walks around, he eats all, but he's still set apart. He's still different. And notice their reaction. They were afraid. They were afraid. Hmm. Luke, let's, let's, let's keep going. Luke 5, one of our scripture readings, we see in Luke 5, Peter is what? A fisherman. And he's been fishing all night, and he's caught nada. No fish. No fish to bring back home to eat. And Jesus tells him to do what? Let down your net. Let's, let's, let's go fishing. Launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. Verse 5, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, at your word. Peter's a fisher. He, Peter comes from a line of fishermen. And he hears the command of this seemingly ordinary man who is a carpenter. And to do something that he's been doing for years. This is, this is not your area of expertise, Jesus. You're a carpenter. But, you know, because you're my master, I will obey you. And I will do what you said I'll, I, you know, I should do. And so what does he do? He does just that. He obeys. He lets down his net for a catch. And the catch is not like any other catch. This is not, you know, oh, they caught one fish or two fish. This is a great number of fish that they catch. And their net actually was breaking. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And actually, both boats began to sink. Hmm. And when Simon Peter saw all of it, what happened? Did, did he say, Jesus, I need you to teach me how to be a better fisherman? Did he say, Jesus, lucky guess, good one? He didn't comment on the fish. He didn't comment on the boat sinking. He said what? Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. He fell down on his knees. His response doesn't even match what just happened. I'm a sinful man. He doesn't comment on Jesus' skill. He doesn't comment on his own lack thereof. But he comments on who he is inside of who this man is. This seemingly ordinary man who seems to know something that he doesn't. And he's wrecked. He's messed up. Depart from I am a sinful man. Jesus didn't, Jesus, Jesus didn't reveal something in his heart. Jesus didn't reveal some private matter that, he, that has never been addressed or known for him to say anything of the like. But in light of all that, in light of something that Jesus did, Peter is struck right at his humanity. I'm sinful. An ordinary man is confronted with the holiness, the otherness of God, everything else is stripped away. There's no hiding behind your education. There's no hiding behind your experience. There's no hiding behind your title. All of that's put away because you see him for who he is. You see him as holy and set apart. And because you see him as that, you see yourself as just the opposite, as, as sinful. You, you, you can't mask, you can't even hide behind that, that, that promotion you got. You can't hide behind that, that status you have. It's, 
It's all put away. Even Peter, he's an experienced fisherman. He doesn't say, Lord, I need you to help me to become a better fisherman. It's, Lord, I'm sinful. It's, Lord, I'm messed up. Depart from me. Isaiah says the similar thing. Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. When we are confronted with the holiness of God, for the, with the nature of God, it's not life-threatening, but it's definitely life-altering. Because you see God for who he is set apart as the sustainer, as the definer, and you see yourself as the defined. You see yourself as the creation. You see him as the standard, and you see yourself as not even measuring up. You see the gap that exists between you and him, between imperfection and perfection. When we encounter God, when God confronts us with his holiness, we're, we're not addressed peripherally. We're not addressed externally. We're addressed right at our core, right at our humanity, right at who we are. It's not the titles that he comes for. It's not that you need to become a better mechanic or you need to be better this. It's, it's your humanity and his divinity. And you see your humanity in light of his divinity and you see the gap that exists. And because you're unfamiliar with what it ought to be, what who you ought to be, it's just, it shakes you, it messes you up. But the thing is that we have to get to that point. We have to rest there first before God comes and intervenes. He, he doesn't leave us that way. We hope you have been blessed by today's broadcast. Come worship with us at Dayspring Chapel, located at 1628 High Park Ave in High Park, Massachusetts. Again, that's 1628 High Park Ave in High Park, Massachusetts. Sunday worship is at 1 p.m., Bible study and prayers on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. You may contact Pastor David for prayers or counseling at 857-266-0778. Again, that's 857-266-0778. Until tomorrow at this same time, Monday through Friday, arise, shine, and excel.